Hello, friends. <laughs> My name is Steve, and we're here today to discuss the last few chapters, 14 through 17 of The Great Ordeal. Lots to talk about, lots to lots to discuss. As usual, I'm here with Daniel and Katarina. Uh, Daniel and Katarina, did you want to do an introduction or just kind of call it good? As I think we've pretty much established that we suck at introductions. Um, I'm reading this book for the first time. Daniel has read it like a billion times. Uh, and I think I can say that we're both very happy to be here and discuss this book, which I think, I mean, I'll ask, like, I'll, I'll be curious to see what you think, but it might be almost my favorite. I agree. I think it's like right there. Uh, it's, I just finished it last night, so it's still fresh, but if I had to, if, if I had to choose, I think I'd pick this one as my favorite. Yeah, I'm I'm torn between this one and the darkness that comes before. Um, it this might I don't know this might be a better book, but then like darkness has like a really special place in my heart. Um, so and maybe just for pure nostalgia, I would probably place darkness as first. But this was I feel like this. I struggled, like, I enjoyed The Judging Eye, and I did struggle with uh, with The White Leg Warrior, and I felt like this book was kind of returning. Like, I, 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 I was, like, the feeling I had when I read this book was very close to how I felt when I read The Prince of Nothing for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I really enjoyed this book. What about, what, what about you, Daniel? Where would you rank it in if we take all seven books? It's up there. I, it's hard for me to rank any of the books like that, I guess, but it's one of the top three, maybe. Hmm. Which, which is your favorite? The end. The end always has to be the best in order for something to still be worth it, right? Kind of. Yeah. People wouldn't reread these books or want to reread these books if the ending was terrible. It's true. Ending endings are tough to pull off. At least especially for a series like this that has so many questions and so many strings, it's tough to bring it all together at the end and be satisfying. Um, so I don't know. I I mean, I would like to think that even even if I absolutely hate the ending, I will still like. I, I know I enjoy the Prince of Nothing. I know I enjoyed this book, so I imagine even if I know the ending's not good, I would if I go back and reread these books, I would still enjoy them, and they would still be like one of some of my favorite books of all time. Um, mm. But maybe that's wishful thinking. Yeah, I think well from everyone's from everyone's reaction of the last book. I, everyone just is like, has their minds blown. So I'm trying to to not let my expectations get too high, but it's hard not to, when you hear people like everyone talk about how like mind blowing it is. So <laughs> and Daniel just, I, I want to give kudos to Daniel because there's so many things that we've been like, Katarina and I have been like guessing at, and he does not give any indication whether we're right or wrong or that must be really tough. So kudos, Daniel, for keeping it under wraps. No problem. 
like I said, I just try to keep it all real fresh in my mind, the part we're talking about. That way all the stuff's like a couple steps away. All the other stuff. Yeah, I feel like the closest I can get to spoilers from Daniel is when I say something and he, he tells me I'm asking the right questions. Yeah. Or interesting questions, I should say. Yeah. And even then it's like really vague. It's hard to tell what exactly your what exactly what what question exactly is is right. But uh speaking of predictions, we had a I want to read a couple of comments from the last video on YouTube. Uh of course I want to give kudos to Frank. Uh Frank's been along on the journey with us and he's been wonderful with lots of great uh comments and I mean I know someone's listening, but it's nice to know that someone's like following along with us. It's really, really neat. Uh, so and shocking. Frank, it's, all, yes. it's very shocking to me that someone would actually want to listen to my voice for hours and hours on. Uh, and they're not here for me. They're here for both of you. So shouldn't be shocking at all. Um, but Frank mentions, thanks for another fun, helpful discussion and the kind words. Uh, and want to shout out Jim for uh, for, reading, for coming along every, every week. Uh, he's, he mentions, Katarina mentioned a while ago, in one of the white look videos, I think that maybe everyone would get would get nuked, psychic powers. Well, I think you were you were the one who was predicting that everyone was going to die in some kind of a, a horrible event, Steve. So maybe the, I, I think maybe the credit goes to you. Uh, but I will say I was right about the earthquake. I'm, I was very proud of myself that I was able to guess that from the. From the uh, from the pro, I, mean, I don't know if it was a prologue of the first chapter, but one of the first chapters in this book, like I was, I I, I did say that it was going to be an earthquake. I was maybe a bit wrong about the tsunami. Um, that's not exactly how uh, Filiopa met her end, but yeah, the uh, I was right about uh, Yatwer in her uh, giving Momem a bit of a shake. Or the solitary god. They were fighting about who it was, so so we don't quite know who it was. <laughs> also, uh, I want to give a shout out to Zach. Mission uh, Dagliash was also the place where Seswatha was hung as torture with thousands of other people. I believe the dream Akamian visits the Grand Master of the Mandate in the first trilogy was also on that wall. So, call back. Oh, that's yeah. I guess that's I guess that's right. I don't. I completely forgot about that. Like the name Dagliash, I did. It did sound familiar when we, when we got there in this book, but I did not remember that that that's where Seswatha was uh, crucified. Hmm. Uh, this. These chapter fourteen, especially it's. I was getting really a very surreal feeling, like because um, the mentions, the survivor mentions, uh, this has all some that this has somehow already happened, and getting some like Lovecraftian vibes, like everything's happening all at once, like every past, future, and present are all happening at the same time. Um, so it, it had that really. Dis I don't want to say disorienting, but like a surreal feel to it pretty quickly i read that chapter twice and i still i i like i i 
felt like I, I kind of got a sense, got a sense of what, what was happening, but also like everything. Like I understand he's dead. I, I get, I get that he killed himself, but like why he did that and how that came about, I'm still like very confused about. So, I think. So the way, and correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel, but the way that I kind of, and I might be totally off, because they mentions he, he did it to join the absolute. Um, I, I'm kind of getting the feeling like they're all dead already, and this is like some kind of purgatory, or, um, that this isn't the end. Like death isn't the end. It's somehow, somewhere else or something else. Um, it's not really what we can what we conceive as death. At least that's. Kind of why I thought he killed him, or he jumped, because um, he, I don't know, he, he joined the absolute, like, the absolute, like, um, another plane or something. I'm, yeah, I don't know, that's kind of like, I don't have the answer, but I was trying to follow along, but yeah, it's just so confusing. I was hoping, I was hoping I wasn't the only one who was confused <laughs> with this one. You, you definitely were not. Uh, yeah, he, he does talk about the absolute, and... I guess at some point it felt like it, like the absolute became synonymous with the god, but then why? Like, how does death? Like, what role does death play in it? Because, like, if you start believing the god, then I guess you also believe that there is the outside and that hell exists. So if you die, like, I mean, I I, I don't think like if you believe in all that, then you also should believe that you probably will end up in hell when you die. And it's not like there's just oblivion hmm. expecting. So I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Daniel can help us out a little bit. Just put us, put us on the right track. I'd say Steve's probably both of you are along the right thinking. <laughs> I mean, I I mostly feel like I'm going on in a spiral, so I don't know if that's... <laughs> Before he met them, he believed that, like, the Logos was the only truth. And at the end, he was telling the kid that, like, he was li it was all a lie, right? Because there was something else he finally realized. So it's like an atheist finally believing in god and like at first there's no afterlife and then an instant later there's something after death and maybe in a drug-filled binge he just decided to conf confront it to try to master the next realm well he also says he's the uh the heaper of the dead and killing connects me to what i am We'll be back after a quick break. Ever flung a whodunit across the room on the grounds of incompetent sleuthing? Ian Pierce hasn't, because he's never read a whodunit in his life. He still boasts that he could solve one, though. Listen and learn as this self-appointed crime guru attempts to guide a private investigator to the truth in an original murder mystery written by Tom Knight. Welcome to The Directed Detective.
and they killed 99 birds, numerous sparrows, doves, and more crows than anything else, two falcons, a stork, and three vultures. And the 100th stone gets thrown at the end, right? Mm. By the kid? Claw hand? Mm. At the... At, at Sirwa, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, okay, so what's what's the deal with the stones? I... I I think it's supposed to mean something, but I completely, I have no idea. Like why, why are, why is there 100 stones and why does he use 99 of them and keeps the one? Or is it like, is that something that we're supposed to understand or at least infer at this point? I don't know. (laughs) I can't say. It's it's for sure that the survivor went crazy, right? And he has like multiple versions of himself that he talks to. Well, also, okay, so I also now the way I, the way that I understood it is that the the kid is his kid, right? Crab hands is his son, and he saved him because of that but he wasn't necessarily supposed to because he's a Dunyan and Dunyan don't care about that right but he he does which also tells me that maybe Callus does actually is capable of loving maybe he does love Espinette and that's why he picked her so it is not Callus isn't uh, he is capable of caring or for of loving someone that's kind of where I my mind went with that, but maybe I'm off. So, do you think, like, what, what does that like? Is it something that only like is it something that maybe all Dunyan are capable of, or is it a fault that's only mm. specific to the NS Rimber? Very good question. <laughs> the little bit of non-men in him. Well, we don't we don't know that for sure, do we? I think you said something about the Anisarimber somehow being like mixed blood a long time ago. I remember that coming up, and I think you said it, Katarina. Well, I think I think we we play with the idea, but I don't I don't know that we have any evidence that that's. Oh, because the Anasarimbers live longer than normal people. Oh, do they? The old kings did, yeah. Okay, I did not know that. I feel like before the womb plague, even non-men had really long lives compared to humans. Hmm. Um... So another thing is I okay. So my Mira has twins, right? And the fact that allegedly, he, the fact, yeah. Well, allegedly, and the fact that the survivor, when he found out about that, that's another thing that I felt like drove him to jump. Like he, this somehow is significant in the big, in the big picture because her having twins was some kind of sign or something that he could, he doesn't, um, that he could jump. Um. That is some kind of, I don't know, omen. I don't, I don't know. Like I thought that he 
he's told her that she was having twins to like get her intention i guess like i don't know if that in its like i don't know if it if it in itself was meaning like if it had any other uh purpose other than just like making her look at him which is what he was trying to do like he was trying to get her to talk to him and and uh have have like look into his soul i guess i think but let me that like that chapter was so like it was so out there i i think one reference was in his thoughts so he wasn't talking to her he was like talking about the people next to him and he still referred to there being two two kids hmm but maybe not. So not to be even more confusing, Katarina, but uh, did you understand the whole... Okay, so now we know of the of zero. Zero, the difference that is not a difference. Zero made one. And now we have the zero God. No God. Well, yeah, I, I did. Well, he, when he said zero God, I, I was like, my mind Im immediately jumped to like, this sounds very close to the no God. Yeah, I, I missed that part. I was like, we have another one? <laughs> so, well, I like, mean, we might have. The thing that the gods can't perceive. Mm -hmm. Zero. Zero. Zero made one. So it's the one God. Not multiple. That's right? some or... bizarre math, but I guess it works. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like the way he talked, the way he talked about it, uh, the way he talked, like the way he described the. Why are you laughing? You said the bizarre math. Well, I mean, you said zero plus zero equals one, so I'm. No, I, no, I just I I thought the same thing when I was reading it because I was actually uh, having I was like eating lunch and having a beer as I was reading that, and I was like. I didn't have a drink that much. Like this doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> just funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean the yeah, but yeah, the way he described the, the the zero god, like it's sort of being like everywhere, but not like kind of being like immaterial. Like that sounded more close to like the one god than the no god. But maybe that's the I don't know. Like if you're ever if you're everywhere, but you're not really there, what are you? <laughs> it's a good okay, we're on the same page. <laughs> it's a good question. Oh. Yeah, all those chapters or par passages are in the head of a, a broken Dunyan, right? You have to remember whose head you're reading from. even if it's getting cut off and rolling around while it's thinking still. And he also has a certain reaction to the eye, right? The eye watches and approves. Um, so the, the eye, is, I think, is more significant than I thought it would be, sounds like anyway. 
this also could just be him, like, as I said, being an atheist, and then all of a sudden being able to control everything except for this one thing that was broke his entire philosophy on life, broke the Dunyan's entire philosophy on life. And then just a little snort of query, which then I think they start all snorting query after that. No more taking it in orally. All goes up the nose now. I guess that's, that's, you can call that evolution. <laughs> but that's what the Janine are all about, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was also, I was also surprised that the judging eye has become so important part of the plot. Like, I thought it was just, you know, some like side trick that my Mara would like use once in a while, but not that significant. And now it's, it's like she's almost become like, I know she, she's like, she, it's like she's like the uh, the god walking among the the people. It's like she's come, I don't know, like some kind of like um, apostle or prophet or I don't know. Uh, I'm not very good at my, I'm not, I'm not very good at all the Bible terminology, but like of all the people who kind of claim to be like have some connection to to the god or the gods she seems the one that that she seems to be the one that like god's talking through directly which is i don't know it's kind of unexpected like she never seemed like she didn't ever seem particularly religious um i don't think she's ever like been part of any religion so why like why her why why did the god why did it chose why did it choose her of all people of all pregnant people in this world well we'll go back to coincidences one more time like why did the survivor pick up crab hands when it wasn't in his nature even though it said crab, crab hands was defected and they were going to kill him in the end. He was like not a, not a perfect Dunyan. Just a fraction. Hopefully a better fraction than Komomis, but. I don't know. Yeah. That's another. <laughs> yeah. He's something else. I, I think doesn't he doesn't doesn't the survivor call him the most important fraction at some point? I think that's how he refers to the kid, um, which again is like very undoneing of him to do. I would think that was like towards the end after he had realized there was something else in Mimara that he couldn't control something that didn't walk the conditioned ground he was trained to tread he does pretty well when when a thing called survey chases him he outmaneuvers her or it or whatever it is it outmaneuvers the thing which is pretty impressive 
Well, I mean, he he's like he still has the Danyan blood. Like he's still a Danyan, even if defective one. He's still probably superior in a lot of ways to like normal people, right? The um, on page four ten, it does mention uh, the eye that watches from the gods' own vantage. And uh, the boy asks, do you know why he killed himself? And the answer was, you know, do they matter? Do his, his reasons matter? Where do they go? That way, um, the world ends that way, boy. Pointing to the, um, to the north. The giant nuke explosion that you see. Mm. So, yeah, because the god demanded it, he killed himself. Which, so did he choose to do it or did he do it because he was told to? I mean, I if, if, if the god is everywhere and it determines everything, then... Can you really choose? Could he have really chosen to die? It's a good question. The, but the hundred gods, they think they know everything. And we had a screaming lady falling out of the sky that probably thought otherwise her last few seconds alive. But we'll get there, I guess. Yeah, wild. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that was a pretty crazy section. It would have been cooler if the survivor had lived a little longer. Kellis's true son. Hmm. Yeah, I yeah I I kind of I guess I kind of agree. Like he, he is a cool character, and it would have been really interesting to see like how he would, like what role he would come to play in in in, in all those events that, um that are happening. But at the same time, I feel like we have like we're already following so many characters and like so many plot lines that I'm kind of like I'm kind of happy there's like not. You know, they're, 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 things are like coming together rather than like going apart again. It also also would have been fun if he would have had his face bashed in <laughs> by the breaker of horse and man who comes who returns to us. I mean, his face was already like half gone anyway. So <laughs> he 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 was scarred up like a Sylvandi. But he looked like a Kellis. What would Nair have thought? I'd probably scare the shit out of him. I mean, already like read the kid. I mean, he just seeing the kid already freaked him out. So imagine if he saw like an adult, younger. Well, I mean, I, well, I don't know how old is the how old is the survivor? Do we do we know? Would he be approximately the same age that that Callus was when when he met Nayor, or the same age that like Moengus was when he when he ran into the Skilvendi? I assume somewhere between twenty and thirty. 
think Kellis was like 33. Hmm. At the start of these books. Yeah, he's gotten just a little bit older. Uh, anything else from chapter 14? Um, I guess we can move on to our favorite Skelvendi. Oh, you want to go there? Okay. I well, mean, I... It's, the, it's the same storyline, I guess. We yeah. can go there. Well, it's funny because you had mentioned that they were on the query, but when they should have been taking it to continue traveling, they didn't, and then they stopped. Like, it sounds like a good time to, like, camp out and not continue in the dark really bad really bad decision yeah at this point whenever my mara says or does anything i have like i can't really tell if that's like her making the decision or if that there's something that's influencing her and i don't know it's kind of weird because like on one hand i like i can now like i i come to like more appreciate like why she's part of the story and like I understand that like she's really important but at the same time it seems like she like the story like her story is not her story anymore it's mm -hmm. like you know there are other powers moving her and like forcing her to feel certain way or behave certain way that it's I don't know it's like a strange situation it's a strange situation where she's not really in control of herself so why like it makes me feel i guess it makes me i was like I, maybe i was more empathetic towards my mar when she like was herself but now it's, it's it's like it's not her anymore and so i feel like a bit a bit detached from from her character if that makes any sense you know that is a excellent point that i didn't even think of um i didn't even think of it i just thought um she just wasn't experienced in this type of situation but yeah that makes total sense that she's been influenced somehow by the eye to make certain to have certain things happen like certain things have to happen and they're directing her do you have the same feelings about sorwill or satma nanaferi who are all influenced well you know i, I have i, I have the, a south spot for sorwill but he's he's equally pushed isn't he 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 has a different power i guess He, he 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 just he feels like he's still like way less competent i don't like i don't know if that's like i don't know if that's like an accurate assessment but i do feel like my mara like there's more power coming through my mara whereas like sorwheel he's like he doesn't really have any idea of what's going on and a lot of the time he's like just clueless and really like struggling to find his way out of the situations that he finds himself in. Is, is his will more competent than any other? Or his will will? <clears throat> Wait, will, will what will? <laughs> how, how many of these characters can, can you say have will at at this oh. current time have free free will the choice i have no idea um 
I mean, there are moments where I'm thinking like, okay, so this person's like making bad decisions, which probably, you know, had to come out of their own mind. But then then you have yeah weird things to happen to people like Maimara and and uh, um, Asmanet or Fenial. And like, you kind of have to wonder, like, is there a god involved or is the god, has the god made this happen? um is like is every has everything been predetermined uh or are there like different like factions like different gods that like try to influence events mm -hmm. but then there's at least like there are warring with one another so i don't know i don't know like what do you think steve i'm just rambling now no i i, I wonder if even Kellis has agency um or if he's because he seems to be pretty powerful but he lets things happen or he allows things to happen that i would think he would stop or but i don't know it's really if you consider the prophecies he doesn't have agency because mm -hmm. an anis anis rimber will return at the end of the world <clears throat> so like it was destined that him or an anis rimber was going to return or but how how much anis is rimber. destined or another Anis Rimber. Crab hands. I mean, there's so many. Like, we started out with one, and now there's like 10 of them. <laughs> so it's like, it's like choose your own Anis Rimber. We're down to four. Really? Since, since Moingus doesn't count. Which Moengus? Oh, the 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 Nayor son. Okay. The non-Anasarimber. Well, uh, I mean, there's still, there's still Sir. It's not not Sir. Surway. Well, no, is there a name? I don't know. Sir Surway, whatever her name is. There's Kiudas. Uh, there's. Well, okay, she's dead. Um, Kel, little Kel. Little Kel. Um, crab hands. Crab hands and Kellis. So that's what four, five. Yep, four, I guess I five in total with Kellis. Hmm. But we were talking about how maybe Kellis wasn't the one. That would mean four other ones are possible. Currently, who knows? Everyone dies at the end of the, this next book. Uh, I'm starting to wonder if it's going to be like an Adam and Eve type of thing, where everyone dies except for two. And they kind of like, that's like the, uh, like a fresh start or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I, I'm, it's I'm done making predictions. I, I'm just here for the ride, I guess. Let's make, we can make more short-term predictions. But I guess we can wait till the end. <clears throat> uh, so, Katarina, what was your reaction when Noir showed up again? um so i i have to make a confession this was one of the few things i knew were going to happen in this book oh really yeah um i did spoil myself on that entirely my fault this time i can't really blame anyone on reddit or anywhere on the internet um but i was very excited well was i excited i mean it was ha like i am happy that i get to spend a little bit more time with like my favorite character in the series 
but seeing the state of him, I wonder if everyone would have been better off, including himself, if he just stayed dead. The, he didn't like. I didn't get the sense that he was in a happier place <laughs> than when we last saw him. Still had the same things on his mind. Getting payback. There's also the little part where she said he was more more stained than the captain. So your favorite character is the most damned person we've seen in the whole entire book at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say. That's true. Um. I would I would love to hear. I don't know if we if we will get more of what he went through and what how what he had to do to survive. But I would love to hear. I would love to see what he because I'm sure he had help though, and it makes sense for the consult to enlist the Skilvendi right to have them on their side. I mean, it, it makes it's well, a they, nice ally to have. The Skilvendi, if I'm not mistaken, they were there at. The first time around, the, during the first apocalypse, they joined forces with the consult. Mm. So it does seem like the, histor the history is repeating itself. Things are coming together. And he was accompanied by Sarway like the, probably the whole time, right? She's still with him. She even was the one that found a Camian. Did you guys catch that part? She was like the outrider. And then when they went in the tent, all of a sudden she turned into Sarway. Memara was like taken aback. I didn't catch that. Uh, she was, was the rider she... that rode past them and then came so. back. The sorcerer? I thought I thought that was a sorcerer. I thought it was a sorcerer, the, the one who discovered them. Well, there was like a like a raiding party, right? And then there was like a someone on a horse who rode close to them, who was like a like a like a um, someone who's kind of like scouting or looking for people. And then, so I but I didn't catch that that was the same that that was the thing. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. Maybe like one of them, one of the people in the party was Nayor. But then he was in the tent when they got there. So I I don't know. I don't know, Abib. I but I think they do mention there there was a like there was a skill venue sorcerer, which was something that kind of surprised me because I don't remember them ever talking about there being sorcerers among the skill venue. It also talked about like special strength that it can yell a noise that keeps all the other shrink away so they could get safe passage to humans. That seems pretty handy. Mm -hmm. A dog whistle. A shrink dog whistle. The turn. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, when you have a spray against mosquitoes. The repellent. They're removing Dagliash. Whatever that was kept them all out. Or not Dagliash, the town before. What was the town, the first battle where Sibyl changed 
Uh, I don't really remember. Eurocus? <laughs> nope. Raelioth? Raelioth. They fought their way into Raelioth, and the shrink didn't, like, come in. They just stayed outside. Oh, right, the, the larder of men. Yeah. The granary. Then Inkarai's granary. Not the god's granary, that's probably the whole world. Okay. Yeah, I guess Inkarai just do it on a small scale. So what did you like what did you think about Naor letting them go at the end? I don't know, I kind of Why did he do it? Surprised me that he let them go. Um I think his lust for revenge is kind of clouding his well let's say clouding but maybe he's doing things that he wouldn't have because he wants revenge and he thinks that they'll help him. But it, it seemed a little odd because it seemed like they were about to be brutally tortured and killed. And then it was like, okay, you can go. Yeah, it was bizarre. I, I, I don't I don't know myself either. Like, I don't know if the eye played a role in that. Like, maybe he got too scared of it. or Or maybe he just found some, I don't know, compassion within him, which that seemed very unlike Naor. Mm -hmm. But maybe he's getting old. Getting soft in his old age. Out of all of the people in Irwa, only him and Nair, like, share a personal hatred with Kellis, right? The consult wants to kill Kellis, but they don't know Kellis. Nair knows Kellis and hates Kellis. Akamian knows Kellis and hates Kellis. What about Esmanet? Esmanet just just seen Kellis again and is crying at his feet. Who Who knows? Who knows what she thinks? Oh, man. Maybe next book we'll figure out a little bit of what's going on in her head right now. I mean, I hope so, but for like, if I understood it correctly, she also wanted to have him killed. It seems, it seems like all the characters from the first trilogy are want want to want to um, want Kels to be dead. Kel Momus. Does Proeus doesn't? Proeus, I think, maybe still loves Kellis. Of all the people who should want him dead, it should be Proeus. Yeah, so, what did what did you think, Steve? Like, were you surprised to when when Nayor showed up? I was, I was surprised. I well, when they were walking through the camp and they. They brought them to like the chief, or I forget what they called him. The, like the, uh, I forget the, the term that they used for it, but it was like a younger person. Oh, the king of the tribes. Yeah. The king of the tribes. Yeah, I thought maybe he would be there, but 
uh, when he came out of like the shadows, I thought that I was pretty excited. <laughs> pretty excited to see him. I mean, he's never been my favorite character, but it was it was kind of, it was neat to see him again and to to know that he survived. Because if anyone could survive, it would be him. But the, even if he needed help to survive, but if anyone could do it, he'd be the one to survive. I felt I felt a little misled by our Scott Baker because <laughs> in no, but if you read if you read the uh, what what came before um, part of this book, it does say that Nayor died at the mm. end of Thousandfold Thought. Does it really? I think so. Yeah. I thought it was left vague. We all die and we're reborn every couple of years. Silly lordly. <laughs> oh, so I, I just should not read it too. Um, I, I should read it more abstractly. Where's what you're saying? It's just me like reading it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I get it. Like, it, it's, it, it, I understand that it's like very effective if you think that New York. If you the whole time you just thought that Nero was dead and now like he shows up at the like at, almost at the end of the series. Um, what if what if it's a skin spy? What if it's two skin spies? I, I don't think skin spy could spit so much. <laughs> no, I, I mean it it seemed pretty pretty accurate uh to to what I remember to what I remember Nero to be like. He does uh, mention something. Let's see if I can find it. Um, so when he um, he mentioned on page 490, 20, 20 summers I've, have passed since I stole into your tent and told you as I downed your life between my thumb and finger the truth, the truth of him. And he goes on to say, uh, the Mascovini's voice cracked like flint, roared of a piece of the fire with a piece of the fire, every bit as blind to the darkness that comes before. So has the it seems like he's kind of in that way of thinking. Um maybe that's why he let them go, but uh just I, something I had forgotten that I noticed going looking for that is that uh the crack the crab hands is one of the few. Or did I misread that part? Hmm. I don't... I don't actually remember. On uh, the top of 467. Uh, well, I, I, don't, I don't have a physical copy of the book, so... Oh, I'm sorry. But, I mean, it's like the... It seems to run the family, so I wouldn't be too surprised... We know that Coringa, the survivor, was one of the few. Kellis is one of the few. Mwangas was one of the few. I, I, I sense a pattern here. Was um wasn't um the brother uh, the um I'm there's too many names, the one who died. Uh, Which Enrolatus one? Sammy, Enrolatus Sammy. No. Um, Mathanet. Mathanet. Sorry, he was one of the few too, right? Because he saw. He spotted Kami in, a, in the book one. Yeah, that's so, yeah, right. It does does make sense? Yeah. Mawingus and Kellis. 
there's quite a few <laughs> quite a few of the few <laughs> there was a time when they dreamed it though when they made them all kill themselves for being tainted so a lot of the few died that night oh that's right because you could only receive the dreams if you were one of the few oh mm. i see okay that makes a lot of sense actually hmm. that's why a lot of the dunyan didn't have the dream that's why they purged the ones that did they were polluted from walking the shortest path their ground wasn't condi conditioned anymore someone else like besmudged it yeah I, i'm starting to feel that because like we've learned a lot more about the dunyi now i feel like it's not really conditioned ground that they walk it's more like sanitized ground <laughs> like they everything that doesn't work like they, that doesn't con confirm to the way that they think the world works they just like remove from their from their path rather than try to like uh include it in they their way of living i guess or their their way of thinking about the world so now i'll ask you Aka's question is, is Kellis still Dunyane? Or has I, he, has he conditioned this new ground or is it still sanitized ground? Well, just going off of the philosophy of the Dunyane, Kellis does recognize that the gods exist he does know that magic exists he recognizes that there is something like the god which doesn't really match with the dunyan's philosophy so i guess at least in that sense he he has moved beyond that like he's moved beyond the dunyan and and then we got these people that have the white look in them that oh, yeah. s seem to know what's happening and Kellis seeming to come from a blind spot, right? We'll get to that in a, in a second, I guess. So speaking of the white luck, and this is something that I thought about reading this one, we had a whole book called The White Luck Warrior, right? And it seems like maybe it's going to play a really big part in the last book but it seems like I don't know, like the one of the the least interesting aspects to this series so far like I'm, I'm not all that interested in it like it doesn't all the all the other things that are going on it a lot more compelling than the white luck warrior to me anyway but maybe I'm I just I just find it very confusing, especially like with how this book ended. Like at least before it seemed like, like it, I I felt like I sort of got the idea of like what the white light is and like how it's kind of like all seeing and like 
the path of the white like boy works like it's been it's been predetermined and then you know like Kelmomas shows up at the end of this book in the throne room and suddenly like everything breaks down and um I mean the concept of it is interesting but yeah like, I, I guess I would agree with you that you know everything that's been like happening in Sterabin with Sorwheel and um with Proyas and Kellis and then like the last bit with New York, like I did find that more compelling than um the Wailig Warrior storyline. But I'm, I'm partly I guess because it's it's so confusing and it, it would probably help if I had like had a more clear understanding of, like what exactly the Void Leg Warrior is doing. Yeah, I I know what you're saying. Before the White Luck Warrior, you guys were still on the fence about the role gods could play in this world, right? And you guys thought they played zero role. Yes, I did make I did the make the mistake of assuming that. <laughs> One time we we might have discussed whether the Narendari is the real White Luck Warrior, or if it is Sorwill, right? Hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. But you did talk about Kelmomis seeming to surprise the White Luck, right? So what's what's that all about? That what that's my question. What's that all about? And the uh, yeah, Kilmomus, he's up to some shenanigans uh, with the four horned brother. I pour out some liquor for for Thaley because I was really sad to see her go out like that. I thought. I thought she would make it. So, R.I.P. Deli. She was probably my favorite Ennis Rimber. Not mm. not as far as story goes, but as far as just maybe being a possibly decent human goes. Yes, I, I was also very sad. Um, it's like, especially like, because we learned, like, we learned, you know, new things about her in, in, in this last chapter. Uh, like, about, like, her and her, her, um, relationship within Reladis and and she like she, yeah I, she's like one she seemed like the most like normal person out of all the Anessa Rimba children I guess or like maybe the most relatable one um I did I did feel for her and I did feel like her death at the end was like very 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 unfair and also like very um I don't like all of, of all the deaths that you could die in these books. Having a building crash on top of you is like it's not that's not a very like fancy way to go out. I feel like she deserved a little little better. I agree, and I'm pretty sure she was dead at that point. But if she wasn't, then she was by the time her little brother grabbed her. I couldn't tell. It seemed like she was dead, but I 
I don't know why he still smashed her head in. Just for the fun of it. And then Essanet saw, like, saw his face in the reflection. And he had to run away. Because it wasn't the right face. He wasn't showing the right face. Yeah, that was also, I thought it was also a little bit underwhelming. Like, I, I did kind of anticipate that eventually Esmanet would find out that Kamomis is not the sweet little boy that she's always assumed that he is. But I always thought it would be maybe like she would she would catch him killing someone or uh, bathing in someone's blood. And here she just sees his reflection in a uh, in a shield or in, in, in a mirror. So if the white luck, or if Kelmomis wouldn't have shouted, who's going to win? Kelmomis shouted because he wanted his dad to die. But that's what I think... Uh made him like that's the reason he survived at the end in, in the end right like i mean it was kind of confusing because i think at some point there were like swords coming out of the 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 ceiling and like tears of god or something i don't like i don't I, like i don't know what that was supposed to be about um and also i wouldn't i wasn't really sure if it was like actually happening or if it was something that the white like warrior was like thinking he's like Thing happening, but like in the future for us. But somehow, Kellis, yeah, Kellis hears the kid and he set, steps sideways, I guess. And then, like, the building falls, like, the ceiling falls, but it falls on the like where he was standing before. So, I guess Kelmomas did like save his life unintending to do that. Or Kellis knew all along. So I think we've we've gotten we used we predicted before that the gods played no role. I think now we're on the opposite end of that. So is the is Kelomas even Kelomas? Is he just the four hundred brother doing like a puppet for him like or are they all just puppets on strings just like is this like a like a like a fun time the gods are having just moving the pieces around and i don't know is is the four is the four horn brother involved at all like i'm still i'm still confused about mm -hmm. that as well it's like in, initially like in kelmomas's head it it's became the four horn brother right so far Outside of his head, who knows? I that mean, might... I, I got the sense that it was Yatwer, and then he just assumed that it was the Fornhurt brother because of like the the whelming and and um, the 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 story with the beetle. And Narendari, he's following around basically. Or who he thinks is tied to the Warhorn brother, who's really not tied to the Warhorn brother. It's 
so it's it's so it's so complicated but okay then okay like putting this aside um why why could the white lug warrior not foresee cal moments shouting out in that moment like what is it about cal moments that the white lug warrior like is what is there like a reason that he was not able to foresee that can he like see cal moments at all <laughs> Daniel you know, like maybe... stone face. <laughs> it reminds like... me of when the White Luck Warrior killed the Narendari. They're both like tools of God, right? So, did one of them not see, or or did they just like put their tools in the little fighting thing, and they knew one would come out and one wouldn't? Is the Fourhorn Brother less powerful than yet were? Is that why the Fourhorn Brother was able to be killed by Yatwer, or the the pawn of the Fourhorn Brother able to be killed by the pawn of Yatwer? Why was Kellis able to kill the pawn of Yatwer? So many questions. What are the decapitants? What is the head on the pole? I think you mentioned Katarina earlier that there seems like a lot to wrap up in one book. Yeah. I'm wondering how this is all going to come together or if some of it will be left vague, like kind of left strings that should be tied up in the book that, or the series that may be never written. I'll divulge what he said about those books after the next book. Once we finish. I'll say what he said about the last books. Or you can just go watch it. No, I'm not going anywhere near that. <laughs> we'll be done. We'll be done with the books. So there won't be any new spoilers you can have. Oh, no, yeah. When, when we're done, it's, we'll open the floodgates. But until then. But, okay, so going back to, to that scene in the throne room, um, it seemed to me that Kellis also did not anticipate Kalmomas to show up in that moment and shout. Just as he did not, he didn't know that Esmanet had hired, I guess, the, the Narendar to assassinate Kallus. And got Mathenet killed, lost the whole empire. She hasn't done a great job since he's been gone. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's question. Like, that that could be, uh, we could talk about that. <laughs> She's done her best. Um, but maybe it wasn't always the right decisions that she made along the way. It does seem there. There is a a scene like a one of those scenes that seems like it's past, pre present, and future happening all at once. And there seems to be a lot of apples being thrown. There's something about an apple being thrown or being picked up, and 
at the end of that little section, it mentions Esmanet saying catch. What, was it an apple or was it a peach? I, I'm sure there were, I don't remember apples, but I'm sure there was a peach because I remember talking about a peach maybe last week or the week before. I this was a long time ago, right? Uh, I think there was one in one of these chapters. Let me see if I can find it. There was even one recently where like the Narendari walked to where an apple was going to fall while Kelmomus watched him the whole time. Ah, uh, right. But there also, I remember there were also oranges at some point, like very, very, like maybe a few books back. There was something with oranges. Like, I think he like, is something like he smelled an orange and then he killed the Aspect Emperor. I think that that was sort of like a uh, a prophecy or like a vision of the future, which I don't know if necessarily materialized. I don't remember any oranges in this chapter. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's um, I think it's in the chapter sixteen, right after um, Esmanet tells Kellis that I let it happen. Um, the gift of Yatver sees himself seeing as he steps out of from where he has awaited the columns. Uh, he goes on to um, Mother Claps the Rug of the World. Um, and it seems like it because. So right before that, Kellis asks Espinet, what have you done? And this section um, the gift of Yatwar sees himself pressed soundless to a great column, hearing what have you done echo across the polished gloom. So it almost sounds like all this is happening at the same time. But at the end, or I think it mentions, um, mother, blinks the, mother blinks the tear. Catch, the empress yells. So yeah, I'm... It sounds like there's other things happening during that conversation. Um, but I believe it mentions, yeah, the Empress yells catch. I'm, I'm confused with the whole thing, but it seems to always involve fruit. <laughs> well, I remember when she meets with the Narendar. I think she throws him a peach and she says, catch. Oh, okay. But I don't know if that's the same scene that the Narendar is reliving here. Considering that he sees everything like he sees the past, the present, the future simultaneously. Um, or if that's a different kind of fruit that they also are throwing around. <laughs> but I guess for me, like the most interesting question in this chapter is why did Kellis come back? Did he like does... did he he did he like did he actually come back because just for Esmanet? Is is that the reason why he's there? Doesn't he say something to the effect of I'm trying to fix things or I'm I'm here to fix something? Um 
he ended the whole rebellion really quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, poor Malawebi. I, uh... He was, like, not the most interesting character in this book, but still, I, I felt kind of bad. He's been he's he's been dragged along with Benile for, like, months now, and he's seen all this, like, massacre and bloodshed, and and he seemed like a pretty like decent guy, and now he gets to spend an, an eternity like with hanging at Callus's uh, belt, and his headless corpse has been shipped off to uh, uh, what's what's uh, to to Zeum to uh... end the bloodline. Yeah, which. Also, like, and the bloodline doesn't mean that Zoronga is in danger. He would be the last one. Which, mm. like, I I like Zoronga, but like, don't kill Zoronga. He's like one of the few nice people in in the Great Ordeal. I haven't seen him since it all happened. Maybe he's just already dead somewhere. They didn't even mention it. It's so irrelevant. <laughs> I, I would be pissed. He's one of the dead floating in the sea with the shrink, the occasional human head, the human bodies they see. I mean, may, may, maybe it's better to get knifed by a, by a demon than dying from the radiation uh, disease. Hair falling out, skin, spitting blood. Yeah, that was pretty. Like, I mean, I've not watched Chernobyl, but it's like probably one of the nastiest ways to die. I know this is a side tangent, but you, have you seen the HBO? You haven't seen the HBO series? It's really, no. really good. No, I've listened to the soundtrack, which I think is amazing, uh, but I have not watched it yet. It's really good. So I've heard. It's on the list. Uh, but I, d I did like that they have to call the, s the sick and the blind, and Kellis gives Proyas this, like, <laughs> he's like, it's up to you now, kind of like, you're the last one. Uh, it's up to you now, and Saban's dead. Um, yeah, so that was brutal, like the aftermath. Yeah. Still, still Sibyl is walking. <laughs> I think he was there, there at the end. He got lashed by a nuclear fallout, and he's still walking. Across the dead bodies that have uh, floated back into the river. So, I, I mean, and they all seem to be following him, so I wonder if there's going to be, like, an army of these like dying, decaying people like marching towards Golgotharath. What did mm. they call it? Thus, the second great or or the oh, what happened in the first book where they broke off and they all went and died? What was the name of that again? The first book, which which first book? What in the first series when the people got impatient and they ran out and all died. Oh, the, the vulgar holy war. Hmm. 
yeah, this is like the vulgar great ordeal. I mean, I don't know much about like radiation, but like how far, how far do you have to be from the epicenter uh, of the explosion to not be affected by it? Where that... I, I live, I actually know a little bit about that because hmm. we have like downwinders in this state, they're called. And... They get money from the government for having cancer. Really? Oh. Because of the nuclear tests in Nevada. Oh, yeah. They, we they, would, too, yeah. they would wait till the wind blew, like, towards us, because California had too many people. So when the wind was blowing towards us, that's when the bombs went off. And you can be pretty far away, like, if you look up the stuff about the movie Genghis Khan that I can't it wasn't Clint Eastwood who's older than Clint Eastwood the old wild western actor um, John Wayne John Wayne played Genghis Khan in a movie and they filmed it wow. here and they, they were all on horses like trudging up the dust right when all that was happening and most of the crew like got Bad, bad things happen to them all. Hmm. And it was like related to the fallout. So you want to be real far away. It's bad. And the closer you are, the worse it is. That's why Kellis's advice, walk upwind, is the good advice. You don't want the, even the wind coming to you or the rain. Because after a big bomb, it like brings moisture into the like the area and it will rain often and the rain is bad it's bad rain yeah down in los alamos they tested the the atomic bombs and i think some people were sick for a while but um do we know where that bomb came from or i mean exactly where it came from where it came from well it came from the the viri mansion which was below dagliosh Mm -hmm. which is right where Sauban was when it went off. So I guess, you know, all things considered, Sauban actually got off pretty easy. Like, I mean, at least he had a clean death. <laughs> is that disappointing to you, Katerina? Like, he should have suffered more. You wanted his skin I, to fall off and his hair to come out, his teeth to fall I out. I mean, he, he'll have an eternity to suffer in hell, so I guess I'm I'm content. Uh, but I mean, I'm like I'm concerned about the other people who like they like. Well, there are some people who seem to be doing okay, including Proas. But I mean, if you were close enough to like see the explosion, then uh, you like you might not be affected now. But I would think that in a few years, all those people will be dying from cancer or something similar. Like they were like they went they were like there, like they were all like going towards Dagliash. They were all on the battlefield. So well may, I mean, I don't know, maybe like as you said, Steve, everyone's going to die very soon, so maybe it doesn't maybe it doesn't matter if you die from 
cancer if, if you know if you develop cancer in a few years from now <laughs> but the bachelorette all seem to have like cancerous lumps when he describes them so who who knows how much bad stuff they're using up in the ark but that's probably where the bomb came from originally because hmm. how else would a bomb land in a fantasy world besides a spaceship the ark the techne Yeah, what a, what a wild book. Let's see. And the Skilvendi were eating Shrank too, right? Yeah, but they also had like a horse on a skewer too. Mm -hmm. A horse and a Skilvendi. Oh, yeah. Which, like, who is that? Are there, like, is he there just as a... Uh... A totem, or are they going to eat him as well? Like, what's the deal with that person and the horse? Did, did was just someone who like really pissed Neor off, and he decided to secure him on a spear, including his horse. Mm. What's going to happen with Neor? He's going to fight with for the consult, right? I mean, I, I like easy, like easy, like was it confirmed? Like I wasn't sure if that was actually the reason why they were there. Like, is he? They, did he come just to screw with Callus's plans and help the consult, or is there something else going on? Like he, he he wasn't very specific about like the their plan or if there even was a plan or why all the skillbendi are following him now like they seem to like pretty much hate him unanimously the last time he uh he was with them then he showed back up alone and conquered or something it says <laughs> i guess we'll see during the first apocalypse they fought at the no God's side. Akamian seems to say that he's chosen his side. He's got a skin spy as a concubine. So. Yeah, that's one strange relationship, I will say. Didn't the didn't Craphand say that the one with see the he described it as the one with a face of fists or something like that? Fingers. Fingers, Fingers for a face. Fingers for a face, yeah. Yeah, the way they describe it, it's like it comes together like this and just unfurls into a gross gaping hole. <laughs> yeah, who knows I, I, how their I body would... transforms too because their body has to like change a little shape too. <sighs> Have a little octopus in them something and i guess if humans get enough techni in us we'll we'll be able to maybe do something like that give us a thousand years without killing each other 
I, I wonder what it says about Nahor that he decided to uh, keep, like, that the, the, the skin spice still looks like Survey. Oh, yeah. His prize. His sanity. Set, sanity, okay. <laughs> he seems pretty bent on revenge. He really only has like one one string pulling him forward. And that's hopefully to just ruin Kellis's day. Like he, he seemed to think he was gonna get a chance to confront him, right? Well, I guess I, I mean I guess that the skin spy like having having the skin spy look like survey, I guess that's some could be like some sort of a reminder of like everything that Callus did to him. Mm. Um But it also I don't know, like it would it would make me like if they you know just like wake up every day and have to look at the face of like a person that died like 20 years ago like I, f I feel like that might make it more difficult to just move on but i guess maybe neighbor does not is not really interested in moving on so okay so does neighbor knows that the skin spy is a skin spy right it's not really survey right he knows that but why was he he was surprised when he found out that ishwal was gone but he didn't he know that because it seemed like he was a little bit surprised that he that I don't know I was a little bit he but he was just upset over not knowing that it fell or that he wasn't the one to do it is that or did I miss something well was, I guess he was surprised for sure I I guess if he has entered an alliance with a consult um and he's like living with a skin spy then he would probably expect the consult and or the skin spy to tell him about it so i i get that i, I mean i i just like i guess i understand that he would feel betrayed mm. and blindsided i mean that's like a pretty big deal destroying Ishwal. So I so, felt like he he felt that he ought to have ought to have known about it. They they ought to have tell him told him. So had he known so she it didn't tell him because it was still using him, right? That's didn't want him to know that it had felt because it wasn't done with him yet. Like is that why it didn't tell him? I don't know. Why keep it a secret? It's a good question. I I don't know. I don't. I haven't really thought about it that much. Okay. Who knows how deep their relationship is, or that the skin spy is just like a rudimentary tool of the consult. Who knows how compartmentalized everything is. It reminds me of when the synthes says that. Memara was like a false pr prophecy. I don't think he's, 
he called it a false prophecy, but called it like a irrelevant prophecy, but then said it still must be like obeyed. That's why they were keeping the Mara alive. She's part of some sort of prophecy. Or the judging eye is. <laughs> but yeah, I do I do she, remember them mentioning it and it wasn't I don't know, I wasn't sure if at the time if they if what they meant was that she was part of a false prophecy or that they were that there were like several different prophecies and they weren't sure which ones were true and which ones were false. And like maybe the reason they wanted her to be kept safe is exactly because they weren't sure. But then, I mean, the question is like, what are these prophecies about? Maybe if like, I mean, maybe if she is part of a, a real prophecy, but the prophecy says that she's going to, I don't know, bring the console down, then maybe you do want to get rid of her. We still still don't know a lot of what the console is thinking. Yeah. Haven't heard from them since, like, I, I guess the synthes and our anger are directly related, but not the nine-bodied whatever his name was. What was his name again? Uh, I think the it guy. began with an S. Sars. Sarceries. Oh. I think no. Sarceries is the other one. That's the that's the mandate schoolman. With some like sec sec secretes or. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, I was struck. This book doesn't have any of the bad people's names. <laughs> Sorry. Was there... Um, there wasn't a... Um, Appendix? At the end. Yeah, there's nothing, right? There's like three pages just with all their names and what houses they're in. And a map or maybe two. But like we were talking about earlier, there's 150 pages in the next book. A couple stories. So I guess we'll figure out how we're going to approach that when we get there. Wow. Did we but cover everything? I, I feel like we missed stuff whole things maybe even i mean probably missed a lot but the one thing that we should definitely talk about is the dream at the very end of the book the the continuation one... of the chains oh yeah the sarcoph the sarcophagus yeah what the hell is that about So it made me think back to the end of um, the second book. 
Warrior Prophet. Warrior Prophet. I know they those weren't non-men, right? Was that Shrank that were doing that to those people? I did it. Both, I think. Was it both? Okay, because it kind of re reminded me of that, like that kind of um, torture. He even described the non-men uh, being there too, but they weren't in chains. They were just still prisoners. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just got this like sense of slowly approaching doom. Every dream we've gotten a little closer, right? First he was just like in some random tunnel, not knowing why he was being pulled forward. Then he's realizing that they're pulling people out and killing and desecrating them. <laughs> And that's why the chain moves forward four steps instead of two sometimes. The most hardcore yeah. part was to me where they described like how they like killed people at sea. Pursing. Mm. That was hardcore. Just imagining being pursed. Maybe it's because I have a fear of drowning. So if I couldn't swim for sure, it would be way worse. I, I don't know. I just, I just really want to know what's, well, yeah, what's in the sarcophagus, and why are they sending people into it? Um, I mean, I assume at least that we will probably find it in the next book. Um, and, and second question. Is this happening in the past? Like, is this is a common dream of something that happened in the past, or is this hap like is this the future, or did it happen at all? I guess. Do, do you guys remember when he first had these dreams? Wh whose eyes he was in? So Swatha's right. Well, I mean, it it's, it's ch it kept changing. Like, yeah, like, well, first Aswatha, but then now Coyote. And then we switched to Kelmomas. It's someone who gets captured inside of there. Well, we know that now, now no, it's not. It's, yeah, it's now, now Coyote got captured by the consult. We did mm. dream. We There wasn't dream that Akami had where that happened. And then his dreams became him in chains, just being tugged forward, right? But I think even initially in his dreams, he still knew he was him. Like, when those dreams began, he knew who he was on those chains. Now it doesn't talk about it, but... Yeah, may well, maybe, the, maybe the person who's, like, eyes... Or like who he dream who like whose life he's dreaming, maybe that person doesn't know who they are anymore. Just just thought. Depends on how long the chains are, I guess. How many people they're walking into this sarcophagus, burning, flaming, whatever it is. Weren't the dreams in italics before? Mm, 
Maybe, maybe parts of them. I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't know if Hall Dreams were. It's usually the White Luck Warrior hmm. whose thoughts are, are like when time is everywhere, it becomes more italic or singing when the boatmen sing. <laughs> the italics are weird in these books, though. There's one point where he looks, well, I guess a mirror or something that's like a mirror. And he, he says that his, well, he says that his empty reflection wore hell as a wig. It's like, we're like almost like towards the end, like maybe the last page or something. And was that Kellis? Well, I mean, it, it did remind me a little bit of the halo that Kel is, Kel is sporting. Um, but yeah, well, he has no teeth as well. That's disgusting. I mean, okay, my grandma also doesn't have any teeth. Huh? She's, <laughs> she's so <laughs> she's 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 okay, but. I mean, it's. I don't know. That's just like I. That's that's horrible. <laughs> like, why? Why do they take his teeth out? I just took it as they were. He's been beaten repeatedly, and his teeth fell out from the beatings. Is what kind of what oh. I thought. Or who knows how long he's been there? Maybe he didn't have enough vitamin D. I don't know which I don't know which vitamin's good for the teeth. I don't C? Know, vitamin C, right? Is it good for Yeah, the I teeth? think probably probably C. C. Is isn't it like a thing where uh like people who used to sail on the sea, like they didn't have enough vitamin C and then their teeth fell out or something? Or am I am I completely making this up? Uh a Maybe. I think they probably had enough vitamin D because they're in the sun all day. There's probably not a lot of shade, but they probably didn't have the best personal hygiene either. Let's see. So I only associate scurvy with pirates. I don't even know exactly what that is. Maybe that's maybe that's the thing. Oh. Maybe I don't want to Google it. <laughs> yeah. Dys dysentery. I think a lot of pirates died from dysentery, which is not good. <laughs> Doesn't sound good. So it sounds like the second apocalypse has begun, right? From the last page. So, yeah, I, because I, I, I thought that we were skipping ahead. I didn't realize that was a, I, I was wondering if that was like a glimpse into the future but I'm not so sure. Well, I mean, the evidence would seem to suggest that it's the past that mm -hmm. we're seeing, but I'm, I don't trust anyone, anything. So we'll see. We only have a few more hundred pages until you guys know. You guys will know as much as you can know. And then we'll have to reread everything to 
see what we missed and yeah. look for more clues and details. We can see how many of your questions get answered at the end. I've um, had so many questions that I don't even remember them anymore. <laughs> I should have probably written them down. Um, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's lots of passages I'm going to have to go find before we wrap up the last book. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, I guess going into the next book, I, I, I'm looking forward to finding out what happened to Sorwil and Sirwa and, well, the, the entire of the Ishtarabinth. If there are any non-men left, didn't seem like they were going to make it last time we saw them, but I guess hopefully we'll see. And and I really want to know why why Callus came back. If like if that's some like if that's some part of like a greater plan, or if maybe he just came back for. Uh, like he actually came back just to save Asmanet. Because he did say previously that like he left moment like he left moment behind that he was not he was not he does he didn't care anymore. Like he was not important for him anymore. So it seemed like he was not going back and then he shows up to save Asmanet. So what's going on? Why did he come yeah. back? It also seems like he was grooming Proeus to lead the Holy War on the final leg of the march, right? Or he at least says so at the end. Yeah, and and he said something like that Proeus will have to make decisions that only a, a non-believer can make. So what's that all about? Like, what, what possible decision will he uh will he be confronted with that no one else no one else can make for him he seemed to leave the sick behind pretty easily i think they like told him to clean the walls and throw all the bodies off and they'll be right back and then they just leave <laughs> so i i am encouraged though because i think daniel you mentioned because we were talking about how much we like this book and you said that's encouraging because this was originally one book the last two is originally one book i think they picked a good spot to to end though uh, so yeah it, if, it sounds it like was we're in a, for a treat like a, a giant bang like our scott baker usually ends his book with with like a one big great revelation last week we found out like what happened to in Dagliash, which would have been, I think, a good spot to end. Get right I mean, there was there was a pretty big bomb. bang. There was a pretty big bang. <laughs> <laughs> but this end was good too. We got a lot more information. We had Satman and a fairy fall out of the sky and screaming for mother. Do you guys think she knew that that was going to happen? That's the question he asked Malawebi. Well, I mean, she did say that they were all dead. 
So I assume that she knew that Kellis was coming and was going to finish them off. But then Kellis seemed to suggest she didn't know that he was going to kill her, or at least kill her that way, that's in that specific way. So uh, I, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. She's like, my God's so cool. Look, they made an earthquake and then she dies. Was, the amount of tabs I have in this book is a little crazy. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, she, like, remember there was this like, sort of a prophecy that um, she she shared with Malawabi. Well, she, like she she told him that something like that he was he like someone was going to kill him for taking something I think and now <laughs> I probably have to I have to look for it um, when it's her she's <laughs> always talking about people taking instead of giving because she just yeah, okay. gives expecting nothing because she is the mother's priest priestess yeah okay i did find it. she she says uh she said your doom is to bear witness witness everything and then she says he will kill you you know for taking what was given so yeah. well we know Melowie's dead and we know that Kellis killed him but i still don't understand what it is that was taken according to Yadwar. When she was saying that she was like trying to seduce him, if I remember right. And I she seemed to be alluding to like the finale. And that's why he like turned and fled. I think that's the same chapter. He like runs from her because she's like trying to get naked and seduce him. At which point, the finale probably would have killed him for taking what was given. Yes, but then he didn't take it, I think. Yeah, and now we know his his head is cursed to witness. So maybe she was talking about a deeper prophecy like you're alluding to. I don't know. What are the decapitants? The heads on the poles. I don't know. How does he keep track of all this stuff? I I thought they were like ciphering. I thought they they were the heads of the ciphering that uh, the Kellis fought in the outside and decapitated. Hmm. Well, I mean, now, like, now one of them's running around now in, in Zeum, but. Yeah, he sent one on a mission. <laughs> so if he's a Sifring, he, they, like everyone refers to him as a Sifring, like he's the devil, and he's got a bunch of them on his belt, and he's commanding them around. Seems like those Fenel are right, calling him a Sifring. I think they're the ones that do, right? Yeah, but then he calls Yadwer his sister that's right so she's blind and dumb 
and Kellis is a god? I mean, if Yadwar is his sister, or if he considers Yadwar his sister. I think that's the second time he's referenced, like, gods being equal to him, maybe. I don't remember the first time if he called someone a brother or a sister again, but. So, uh, Katarina, do you have any? Do you have any predictions for the last book? Don't, don't, don't <laughs> get, don't. Just give us one one prediction. One thing you'd either like to see or you think we'll see, <sighs> or both. I don't know. I'll make the obvious prediction first. There is an obvious one. <laughs> Appears like we're gonna get to Golgotharoth. As all we have to get across is the field appalling, whatever that is. Right. Okay. That's yeah. That's that's a pretty that's a pretty safe prediction, I guess. And it, probably something crazy is gonna happen in Golgotharoth. Seems like yeah. it always does. I guess maybe my prediction would be well i mean i don't even know if sorwheel is alive so is he even sorwheel anymore well that's that's a whole another question <laughs> um i think i think okay I'll, i guess maybe i'll 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 just guess that they there will be a convergence at some point and everyone will meet at Golgotharath. That seems like a pretty safe prediction. So we're talking all plot, all people in all plots that are currently still alive? I mean, well, I guess, I mean, Proyas is going to Golgotharath. I think Akamian's going to Golgotharath. Naor. Um, Sorwil and Sirwa, if they made it out of Ishtarabinth, like where else would they go? Um, maybe Kellis is the only one, only unknown. Like we don't really know. Kellis and Esmnet are just gonna make a new empire. <laughs> Leave this vulgar, vulgar great ordeal behind. I mean. Like con considering considering that at the end, um, Esmond wanted to have Callus assassinated because that's how much he's got on her nerves. I can't really see. I can really like picture them like making a home, you know, like a happy family home somewhere far away, just starting a new empire together. So, Katarina, do you think that the three? primary characters from the first trilogy will survive so which which do you think will survive Kellis, nur or um Esmanet? do you think all those will do you think they'll all survive or who do you think will die i came in oh yeah i came in. i'm sorry came in. yeah four uh... pro yes he's been there all along yeah pro yes too one of the last ones there's not very many that have been there all along it's true 
I think my initial guess was that Proyas and Akamian were going to survive. And that Esmanet was probably not going to make it. And Nayor, I've... I don't know, what would be the point of... Well... I don't know. Like, what is, like, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, what is the purpose of Nayor anymore in this story? Like, in, like you know, like, I feel like his storyline was sort of, like, completed in the first trilogy. So, and I also don't know that he has much to live for when all this is done and over with. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. Like... His prime focus seems to be wanting to just be there when Kellis dies right now. He just wants to see all the Dunyin die. Even that little kid that got away. Little crab hand. Especially the ones that look like Kellis. Like men in Kellis. Yeah. What are your predictions, Steve? Besides from everyone getting blown up? Or is that I still think, your prediction? I think there are I don't know. I, a are bigger they, nuke? Are they already <laughs> all dead? I don't know. Um, well, I mean, we know they have nukes now, so uh, that'll make it easier. <laughs> I I have a feeling that Espinette's going to going to survive somehow. This the next series, they'd all just pull off their matrix plug, and they've all been living in a simulation the whole time, and then know. it becomes it's, a sci-fi. Maybe it's like a. <laughs> They're they're already in. It's like they're in some kind of purgatory now, or uh, maybe death isn't what we think it is. Like it, we see it as the end, but maybe it's just another. It's the absolute. It's something else. Religions, the way they think of death, it's like never ending, right? Mm -hmm. Some religions, you got to become a god and make your own planet and go ruin other people's days. That'd be kind of fun. In all of them, you seem to live forever, though. In most of them, even Buddhist, you like, if you're perfect, you become like the flow of energy. Hmm. Let's call it the absolute. You become the absolute. If you're not perfect, you become a bird. That's not too bad. But you're just, nice. you're just living perpetually forever. And then, like, going up to heaven, that seems to be a forever place, right? Hell seems to be a forever place in our, like, Christ Christianity. Mm. The only thing I know is it's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I, I'm sure I will be surprised. Mostly because I have, like, no expectations of what's going to happen. Did this peak the darkness scale? Was this the darkest book you've ever read yet? Mm. Uh, no, I don't think so. What I was? mean, parts, parts of it were quite dark. I think for me, um, the whale mothers, the whale mothers were like some of mm. the bleakest stuff we've encountered in the series so far. Um, the the strength the strength stuff doesn't really get me. 
at least for like for now we'll see if it gets worse yes it's mostly i guess mostly the treatment of like the whale mothers and then then the parts where sir way no sir sir i mean now that there's like both of them i it's so hard to keep track of sir why i guess like the, the part where she's locked up by the non-men and then the 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 torture like he's like basically raping her to like get information out of her like that was pretty that was pretty dark um and yeah. um, i'm like thinking about it the the life the non-men live is like some of the most torturous stuff i read just imagining the breakdown of your psyche and then just living through it and then doing that for another that infinitely yeah that's like, pretty depressing imagining like, that is sad yeah i mean if if that's what Im immortality is like then maybe no thank you how how could it be any other way unless it were like glimpses you get to come to earth and live a life and not get to remember your old life for a moment otherwise it would get boring i feel like i mean there are definitely parts of my life i'd rather forget parts of every life that everyone would rather forget and if if it is infinity you probably get to live every single one of those lives even the boring parts yeah but i mean it, it would be nice to have a have a chance to like reinvent yourself or you know just like start like sort of start over but with the knowledge of like the stupid shit you made before um but i i do agree like the 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 like not necessarily like actually being like not not just like what happened in the but like but the like the like the decline of the non-men just like kind of like i'm making a sense of that because we only like heard like bits here and there and like to finally like be able to piece it together and like see what's become of the non-men like that that was pretty I mean, not like a dark, but it's just depressing. Pro, mm -hmm. yes, getting taken advantage of. That's true. Yeah, yeah. This may be uh, the darkest. Now that you, now we're, now that we're, people's hair falling out, skin melting away, getting nuked. Whatever happened to the? I was it Sibyl who went to. That place never sleeps again. Nah. Even the shrank won't even touch them. They just walked through the shrank during the battle. Yeah. Just imagining like a a beach, but then at the beach it's just all skinless human looking bodies and occasionally one with hair. Like you don't see water. All you see is just carcasses everywhere. The Yamama and their just horrible, sad lives. Yeah. Yeah, I think this may, be, this may take it. Oh. Pretty brutal. Kellis going to the outside and then just like suckling on dead babies. 
Well, now that you say, yeah, it was pretty bleak. <laughs> yeah, I think you think you have a point. Yeah. The well, the well mothers. <laughs> yeah, no, I I did say like that. That that did get to me. Yeah. You you can even feel bad for the survivor and the crab hands, even though they're like responsible for the well mothers. They even had it pretty bad down in the thousand thousand halls. It was cool how it talked about the first time, the first couple times the survivor confronted like the shrink. He had the little crab hands on his back. Follow, but then like the last time, crab hands wouldn't. Talked about how the survivor would like try to mask his scent, try to like kind of, kind of smell like the shrink and drive him crazy because they could still smell just a little human around. So what you're saying is it's a feel-good kind of book. Well, when you go out into the real world, you feel better about it. There's none of that out there. Yeah, but, you know, maybe sometimes I wish my life was a little bit more interesting. Don't Some shrank will liven things up pretty quick. Don't you like being able to wear boots if you want, though? I mean, I, I like the fact that my teeth are still in my gums. Can, I guess that's... <laughs> you can learn to read. Yeah. yeah. That's true. It's crazy wow. to think that only like 200 years ago, like hardly anyone could read. It was like a small percentage of the world that was able to read a book that long ago. So I think I think we've established we're also terrible at outros. So if you want to get in touch with us, uh, pagedoing.com, just check our forums and tag us or contribute to the threads there with uh, in the Baker section to, uh, to chat with us. Best place to find us. And we do post, I do post the videos there early when I can get them done early. <laughs> Not always. It doesn't always happen, but when they are done early, I post them there a couple days early. So it's the best place to find us all. Cool. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks to both of you, and we'll see you both next week. <laughs> For more, Sound good. sounds good. See you soon.